Oh, hey, 18 months sleep regression. We see you. You're a pain and we need to navigate you so that this is as smooth as possible. The 18 month sleep regression for me is a really icky phase for parents. Um, it marks a huge transition from loads of sleep. You know, your baby is becoming a toddler. They're having a lot less sleep and a lot of babies find this really, really hard to navigate because you're going from having like two naps or three naps, obviously, when they are six, seven, eight, nine months um, to them having two. And then suddenly they're literally having one nap and those wake windows are, are sort of five hours long. Um, a, as a parent, you're like, what the hell do I do with them in this all this time? Because now like my little, what I call my coffee break and my lunch break, I kind of have diminished. Um, so routine feels all over the place, which is really normal, but it can feel very stressful because you're at a point where actually things start to settle down a little bit and then bam, they start dropping the morning nap and you are left feeling really muddled about when lunch should be, when they should be taking their nap, what do you do? Sometimes they do take a nap, sometimes they don't take a nap. So let's talk all of that through now. Um, I would say for me, this is the worst of the nap regressions, purely because babies can drop this nap they're dropping the first nap of the day um at around 18 19 months some babies can drop this earlier than 18 months so what i see typically is the babies that drop this nap at like 14 months they're in a bit more of a regression for longer because they're younger it's harder for them to go longer periods without sleep yet they are ready to drop the nap when you've got babies who are 18 19 months it tends to be a little bit more of a smooth transition because they're a little bit older and they're much more able to manage those wake windows so typically the signs we would see firstly let's look at those the signs we see firstly that your baby is ready to drop their morning nap the biggest one is nap resistance you pop them down at the same time and they just don't want to go to sleep they bumble about they you know, sing, they dance, whatever they do, they just don't go to sleep. That then leads into them falling asleep later. So typically we see nap resistance and then babies falling asleep later and that then throwing out the rest of the day's routine. That in turn typically shows us signs of um, bedtime resistance because they've either napped too late or they're just too wired because they haven't had enough sleep because the routine's gone out the window for the day and then you get typically more night wakings. These are quite classic signs across the board for your nap dropping at around four months, the nap dropping around eight to nine months and of course the 18 month mark. <clears throat> so some babies and some parents say well my baby dropped their nap at 12 months and I'm like that's totally fine, it's quite rare I would say really, really rare in my experience, but I guess it can happen. I would be encouraging rest though at that point. So if you've got a younger baby who's showing signs of wanting to drop that nap, I would say it's kind of like false hope. They like the idea of not having a nap because they're more active, more physical. They get a lot more FOMO, a lot more fear of missing out. But actually, often when you kind of go with that and you drop the nap, it plays havoc on sleep and that can happen for a really long time. So you really want to go, okay, I get it. You got a bit of FOMO, but you're going to have a nap anyway. You're going to have a rest. Um, and there you'll probably start napping again. But what typically happens is when they start resisting those naps at around 14 to 18 months, they resist a nap. The next day they might take a nap, then they might resist a nap, then they might take a nap. And all this does is show me that they are definitely gearing up to um to drop a nap and it's a more realistic age 
for them to do so. So actually, as a parent, you can be a little bit more flexible and go, okay, fine, we're in the throes of dropping a nap. Again, I think it's quite rare for babies and toddlers to just drop this nap overnight. It, it seems to me to be the longest nap to drop. And this is kind of going back to those long wake windows. It, a lot of babies find that really hard. So what do you do when your baby I'm going to call them babies, even though I know they're toddlers, but otherwise I keep saying both and it gets a bit annoying. Um, what do you do when your baby doesn't nap? For me and what I advise my clients to do is actually to take a two pronged approach. You're going to have plan A and you're going to have plan B. Plan A is your usual plan. They're going to go down for their nap. They go down within my kind of rule of thumb is baby should be falling asleep within five to 25 minutes. So if your little one is not asleep, after 25 minutes and they just seem completely happy, thrilled at life, not going to go to sleep, I would get them up. So plan A is your baby naps in the morning, they fall asleep within 25 minutes, they nap, they nap at lunchtime and then they go to bed as normal. Plan A does not change. Plan B, however, is your flexible plan. And I think as long as you have a plan, even on the days when things don't feel like they're going well, you will feel more in control of the situation. So plan B is you pop your baby down for a nap. They don't fall asleep within 25 minutes to half an hour. Get them up, move on. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Go out and or play, do whatever you need to do, but just move on. What can happen is often you end up kind of spending all your life in the nursery around the cot trying to get your baby to sleep if it's not happening and you know they're going to drop this nap at some point soon just go to plan b so you get them back up and then put them down for a nap before their lunchtime nap and after their morning nap this usually tends to be around 11 it might be 10 30 it might be 11 30 just bring it forward and then you want to bring bedtime forward 15 to 20 minutes now this is not foolproof you might find that these timings aren't quite right for your little one, and that is totally fine. This is just a guide. What I want you to do though, is start thinking flexibly. So you're thinking, okay, fine, on a good day, I know what I'm doing. On those other days, I've got a bit of a plan. So it might be that you do move the nap forward, or actually your baby is fine until 12, 12.30. It doesn't, there's no right or wrong here. It's actually about exploring and feeling confident enough to explore. That's really key. Like you want to be flexible and you want to be confident enough to just try this stuff out. What's the worst that can happen if you try something for a day or so just to see? Um, you know, just try it and see. So one of the biggest questions I get asked is when do they have lunch? <laughs> because if you are having sort of what I call the hybrid nap, where they nap typically sort of late morning before lunch, it then throws everything off. I want you to know that this is not permanent. Plan B is whilst they're in that transition mode. As they get older and they're more able to manage longer wake windows, you can push that nap later, 11.30, 11.45, 12, and then settle on a time probably around 12.30, one o'clock usually. So this is only a short-lived period whilst they're transitioning. To make this a bit easier for them, you offer plan B. So it's not, this is not going to stay forever. So when you're freaking out about when they're going to have lunch, which is definitely what I did, I didn't know what I was doing. I was all out of routine and I was ready for bed at like four because we'd had lunch at 11. <laughs> but, um, it is a really short-lived phase. Um, weirdly, although we don't look at sleep cues so much at this age, you might find looking at sleep cues, the eye rubbing, the yawning, using them as a focus point of, okay, it's 11 o'clock, they look absolutely beat, let's put them for a nap. 
you don't have to go to the clock so much just be a bit flexible around those timings so yes the biggest question is when does my little one eat I think it's totally up to you I used to do like a snack sandwich so I'd give my little boy a snack he'd go down for a nap because often when they're tired at 11 11 30 they are also getting hungry and then what tends to happen is they wake up after half an hour 45 minutes because they're hungry so give them I would definitely give them something before that nap and then I would give them their lunch afterwards so little or just split their lunch up give them a little bit before a bit afterwards but I know from some clients what can happen is they actually wake because they're genuinely hungry for lunch um, but they're going down earlier they haven't had their lunch so I would split lunch up or at least give them a snack before. I think the key thing with this regression is sleep is regressing because they're dropping a nap. You absolutely can manage it. You just need a couple of plans. So plan A is your normal plan. Plan B, you're going to shift everything forward, move bedtime forward 15, 20 minutes. Just so the reason we do that, actually, I haven't explained is because we're looking at reducing the overtiredness. The more overtired they are, the more likely it is they're going to wake at night. So if we can just bring bedtime forward just a little bit. It kind of helps us counteract the overtiredness. For sure, sleep will regress generally around this time. So it's not just nap resistance. You will see some more night wakings. But just know this is why they're going through a phase of transition. It's totally normal. And actually, I think the biggest concern is when are you going to have a break? Um, because whilst you're in this transition period, your lunch break suddenly feels like it's at 11 o'clock, um, which is really early. But know that that is short lived and they're going to you're going to be able to push them back again um, the more they adjust to these timings and to their new nap situation, which is which is just one nap. So once they have mastered this and they're doing more one nap days than two nap days, you can start feeling brave and just missing the morning nap completely. Initially, you might want to try the morning nap every day. If you've gone sort of four days and they haven't had, or even five days and they haven't had a nap and they've resisted it, you want to work on plan B and then kind of just ignore the morning nap. And then from plan B, although that's an earlier lunch, remember initially, you can then push um, that nap back when you feel like they're more able to manage. Um, so I hope this has been helpful. Um, if you have any questions, pop them on Instagram or email me at cara at thesleepmethod.co.uk. It's been a pleasure and I hope that you have learned something and you just feel a bit more reassured about the 18 month sleep regression. I will catch you really soon.